Choir directors are creative, resourceful, dedicated, and sometimes completely out of ideas. Not to worry, the Choir Ninja Podcast is here with solutions you never saw coming. Get ready for some training, wisdom, and inspiration from the masters. Let Ryan Guth guide your journey to becoming a Choir Ninja. Hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth with the Choir Ninja Podcast, and I'm delighted to have with me today Beth Ritchie Sullivan talking about a subject that we have had requests on, actually, about taking over a choral program from a director that was awesome and being that next one in the door and trying really hard not to be the temporary one that gets burnt out uh, you know, and then, you know, cause I always feel like the third one is the one that's like stays, but the second one kind of gets blown out of the water cause they're not the first one. So, um, you know, so taking over from a rock star is, is really the, the, I'm not sure if it's a title for this episode, but that's kind of where we're going. And Beth offers a really interesting perspective as a, a parent of, uh, adopted children uh, that deal with loss in, in a very similar way, I guess, to to students who have lost their rock star choral director. So she has a really interesting insight, and she can certainly correct me if I'm wrong about sort of how I introduced that, but um, uh, I think she offers a really interesting uh, perspective in, in this subject, and I know this has been requested multiple times, so I'm really happy to have her here. Of course, we have to um, give a quick shout out to our sponsors, sightreadingfactory.com and mymusicfolders.com. Both have promo codes for special things that are just for Choir Nation. They don't do this with anybody else. So the promo code is NINJA. If you go to either of those websites, uh, you can go ahead and and get a special discount on mymusicfolders.com. It's reserved for people that buy over 100 folders, but you can use that for any quantity. And at sightreadingfactory.com, you can unlock 10 free student accounts with the promo code NINJA as well. So um, thank you for supporting the show and supporting our sponsors. Beth, thank you for joining me today for the Choir Ninja podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Ryan. I'm excited. So, Beth, um, tell me a little bit about where you are, Reader's Digest version. Where are you located? Uh, what are you doing? Uh, you took over a program this year, I understand. Just give us a little bit of background about that. Absolutely. So, I'm in Overland Park, Kansas, which is a suburb of Kansas City. And uh, I just took over a program of uh, almost 200 kids. Uh, they performed at Southwest ACDA. Phenomenal program. And I followed a really phenomenal teacher. And he's a, a great conductor and was absolutely adored by the students. Um, in my previous job in California, I began a program that was cut in the 80s. So I everything I did was gold. They loved it. The kids ate it up and the program thrived. So I didn't do anything differently when I walked in the door here in Overland Park, but the kids didn't react the same way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think I have am able to articulate why. And hopefully for those 
choral conductors that are listening out there that are maybe about to be in my position of taking over a program from someone that was really loved by their students, maybe I can help a little bit along the way. Well, I think we all have that fear of being the next one in the door. Yes. And I actually said that in my interview. (laughs) I said, I don't want to be the buffer. Mm -hmm. And my administration said, we're not hiring you to be the buffer. And I said, we're hiring you for the next 20 years. I said, okay. (laughs) So So I think it's really important that you had that administrative support up front. I mean, that is like the number one reason I think why those 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 buffers happen is because is because you know they don't have somebody in the in the office that's that's committed to them and and it's gonna be the shoulder to cry on when 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 the time comes where they're frustrated absolutely yeah and I think that's really important for young teachers especially to know is to have a really transparent relationship with your administration and um, they give you all of your appraisals and stuff for you to be able to walk through these are my strengths and this is what's not going well and asking for their help is one of the biggest things that you can do you know and just say this is I've tried this this is my bag of tricks so far I'm out of I'm out of bag of tricks you know I'm out of a trick and I don't know how to handle this situation or this student. And I think by being a transparent and honest, you're going to gain the respect of your administration because you're a learning and growing human. So, so do you, do you have sort of some criteria that in hindsight you can look for as a, a, as somebody's looking in an interview at a principal and, oh, and yeah. say this is what I'm. This is what I need to see in a principal in order for me to say yes to this type of job, a job where I'm I'm following somebody great. Like, is there some is there some criteria that you could sort of just rattle off? Sure. I mean, I think probably just if it's your first job. Oh, goodness, I wish you luck. <laughs> but if, you know, I had uh, almost 10 years of teaching experience under my belt and so and worked for multiple principals. And so I was able to kind of get a vibe. And, and the vibe was, we're here to support you. You know, we're here to help you. Um, there was there were things that they did not care for that the previous director did. However, the environment and the culture um was something they wanted to keep and the excitement of the students. And and so they could articulate that. They could articulate things to me that they wanted to see differently and they could articulate things that they wanted to be the same. Sure. And so it was it was good for me to know that going in because the, the worst thing you want to do is think, am I, you know, am I on shifty sand here? You want to walk in knowing like this is what my administration wants. Does it align with what my values are as a conductor? And hopefully those two things line up. Well, that's so funny because you know people that leave that leave college and, and they're going into their first year, you know, they would think it's a real blessing to take over an awesome program after somebody that was there for twenty, thirty years, mm-hmm. and they're really signing up for a a pretty difficult job. I mean, you you cannot replace a a veteran teacher, um, right? And I I think it's a, a bit of maybe knowing the value that you bring to the table. And I don't think you know the value that you bring to the table until you've been at the table. And so for those first year or zero year experienced teachers that are listening out there or, you know, college seniors or second year grad students that are looking to take over a program, um, you know, next year, 
I don't know if I'd recommend it. I mean, I don't think you're um, with a program of 200 kids. I I don't think they're going to hire a first year teacher. To be honest, mm-hmm. they they want somebody that's going to have the skin. I had an opera director tell me once, you need the skin of an elephant and the heart of a butterfly. And that's what I tell my students all the time in this craft. You have to have the tough skin yet remain sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's big advice you know, for any new teacher is to really have tough skin yet be sensitive to grow. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, I, I, that's true. They probably would be looking for somebody with more experience if it, if it was a big enough program. Yeah. Um, so... So explain to me a little bit about your background as a foster parent. Sure. Yeah. My husband and I, uh, starting in 2012, became foster parents in LA and uh, Los Angeles. And um, we fostered 13 children over three years, not at the same time, <laughs> over over three years. And um, one of the big takeaways from that, and I don't even remember honestly who told me, was that some of these kids are going to come to you with behaviors that are odd or strange or seem to you out of place. And um, in that time when they're kicking a hole in your door <laughs> or w- whatever is up, that you see their behavior as their pain. And so that helped us get through so many tough times that their behavior was lashing out, uh, was, a, was a sign of them lashing out because of what they were feeling on the inside. And, you know, over the summer, as I was reflecting on taking this past summer, when I was reflecting on taking this job, that just kept coming into my mind. And my principal, who was fantastic, kept saying, you know, it's going to be a tough year. And I'm like, no, I've got this. I've got this, you know. And she's like, we know it's going to be a tough year. And I'm like, okay, I'm sure. She's like, and, um, but I just kept going over in my head, see their behavior as their pain. And so on that first day, everything was, was good. You know, that first week or so it was good. And then, um, another thing happened, a, a voice teacher who many of them, like over a dozen of them studied with passed away. And so these kids were going through the loss of their beloved choir teacher, Mm -hmm. the loss of their voice teacher. And just the previous year, they had lost a classmate in choir uh, to a car accident. So a lot of these kids were dealing with a lot of loss. And so when the eye rolls began and the not sitting up and crossing their arms and, um, you know, the looks of, does she know what she's doing? all began or, you know, we didn't do it that way. Those kind of things Mm -hmm. began. I was able to step back and see, like I'm going to say a million times, see their behavior as their pain. So instead of being, you know, kind of the tape that plays in your head is like, get with the program guys, (laughs) you know, that's the tape that's in my head. And then, but what I have to remember is that what comes out of my mouth is more important. And so I, I, I have stole this line from Love and Logic. I don't know if, if you're familiar with it, but it's a great uh, teaching philosophy. And I just say, I said to them a lot, I will always treat you with respect so you know how to treat me. Mm. And never once this year did I raise my voice. Never once did I yell. Did I get angry? There were times when I reminded them that I will always treat you with dignity and respect. I will treat you with respect so you know how to treat me. And while that did not, that I, admittedly, that takes longer than yelling at kids. Right. <laughs> that, takes, that takes patience. It's and a they long don't, game. Yeah, it's, it's a, a long, long game. game. You got to see the end game. Mm-hmm. And I think as uh, we were talking earlier 
I, I, we did see the end game. I had some seniors that uh, we graduated 43 seniors this year. So there is a large portion of, of that top ensemble that had been with their previous director for three years who they loved. And, um, you know, what the music that I chose wasn't right. The concert order wasn't right. Mm -hmm. How we walked onto the risers wasn't quote unquote right. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, and I, I, I tell you these stories because I want these first year, or if you're taking over a new program to know these stories are going to happen to you and it's okay and it's normal and it's not you. <laughs> it's it, as long as you are doing your best, you are having integrity around your score prep and your music selection, and you are doing what you know to do the best you can. You've got to be okay with that. Um, but uh, I'll share a couple stories. When we, I announced that um, my chamber singers wasn't going to close the concert chorale was because they, which is the top ensemble of, of 85 singers, well, you know, the large chorale was going to close the concert because they had this really cool set. And I just thought musically, wow, this makes sense. Their music is really powerful. It's a good concert closer. Sure. I didn't realize that it had been, you know, tradition for chambers to close the concert and, um, tears, girls running to the bathroom, why do we have to do it this way? Ooh. You know, so who, yes, see their behavior as their pain, take a breath. Right. <laughs> so I'm realizing in that moment, they're missing their previous director. They mm. miss the way things were. They miss how it felt to know what was coming. And, um, you know, we saw that with our foster kids, they didn't know what it was going to be like to be in our house, you know? And, um, so, Anyway, so when the girls were able to come back from the bathroom and gain their composure and wipe away their tears, um, we just talked about it. I was so I said, "What upset you? What?" I said, "I said, you guys, um, this the previous director left a humongous hole in your heart." I said, "I can never fill it. I can never be that." be him. All I can do is try to create new memories with you, and I hope to do that. And um, I think through. Um, just consistently modeling emotional intelligence for them um, that they were able to grow. Hmm. Um, How do they respond to that comment in the moment? They, they agreed. They were like, yeah, we totally miss him. And I'm like, I know you do. And it's very similar to when, you know, that kid says, I miss my mom and dad mm -hmm. when they're in your foster home and you say, I know you do. And you give them a big hug. And, um, so I think it was, it was tough not to take some things personally, but oh, again, sure. yeah, we're so wrapped up in our, totally in our, our craft as, as, absolutely, and we take things personally because like we're putting all of our heart into what we do. So when, yeah. when we see a rejection by a student, it's like, it's very hard to take that, to not take that yeah. personally. Yeah, I can uh, I can tell you another uh, good story. So those people out there know this is this can happen to you. <laughs> we were doing a <laughs> we were doing a padlet after the first concert. If you I don't know if you're familiar or if the listeners are familiar, but that sounds like a Kansas thing that nobody else does. What is that? No, no, it's, I actually learned it in California. Padlet is this. Uh, it's an online thing. You could post it on your screen, and then people can live post. So it's, so you, and so you've got it up on your screen. And so instead of having a conversation about the song, like, so we were listening to our concert recording mm -hmm. and kids can then log into the Padlet 
and post live. So we're listening to the recording and they could go like, hey, sweet job, Sopranos, or whoa, listen to that bass note or, you know, like, and so like live comments so we can have like a group conversation. This is something that is unmoderated. They can kind of throw up whatever they want to throw up on the board. Um, no, there is a, yes, it can be, but there is a setting that allows you to filter through. Ah, okay. 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 Yeah. It's pretty cool. And so it allows for Padlet. like, wait, hang, wait, hang on, hang on T- time yes. out for one second. Cause <laughs> sure. I, I want to make sure that we have a link to this as a resource. Is, sure. it, is this an app or is this a web app? No, like what a, is this? It's a web app. Yeah. It's called padlet.com. P-A-D-L-E-T. Yep. This is really cool. And I would have used this earlier in the year if I don't know about it. Okay. Padlet.com. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So, um, what I said was, Hey, we're going to keep it positive. So I had my screen up with my agenda, right? Uh, we're going to sight read. Yes. Sight reading factory. Right. We're going to sight read. We're going to, whoop, whoop, yep. We're going to, um, rehearse or we're going to listen to what, the, what do they have to do? Oh, return music. It was the day after the concert. We're going to return music. And then we're going to reflect via this Padlet. And I put the link up there for the Padlet and froze the screen. Now, keep in mind, this is my first day of observation by my principal. Uh-oh. So I'm also like super nervous about what they're going to do um, and how they're going to respond because they haven't done a reflection like this. But you are tablet. utilizing technology like a boss. I'm utilizing technology. So um, so it's on freeze, but the kids could get, still get on the Padlet on their phone. So they were turning in music. And we're getting ready to start the Padlet because that didn't take that long. And I go over to unfreeze the screen from the classroom computer. And they had been posting pictures of the previous director onto the Padlet. I had yet to turn on the moderate moderate thing. So, like, I took a breath. To be honest, my hand started shaking. I was really – that's this is one of the points where I'm like, how do I not take this personally? Like – <laughs> this is horrible. This is the worst day of teaching ever, right? And my principal's sitting right there and she doesn't know what's going on because she can't see my computer. So I just walk in front of the class and I say, you know what, guys? I'm going to go ahead and clear off that Padlet. I think that's probably a good idea because not everyone in the room would appreciate everything that's on there. And their eyes got really big and they just kind of looked at me. And then I went back over, I cleared the Padlet. And then we went on to our reflection. So, um, good save. After, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> in that moment, that's not the tape that was in my head. Let's be real. Right. You know what I mean? But again, modeling that emotional intelligence for them. So they were having this memory or whatever of their previous director, which is fine. He was a great person and a fabulous teacher. Um, so I just had to compartmentalize that. That was their memory. They thought it was fun to go down memory lane. Mm. It wasn't like, we want him back. <laughs> it was just, hey, let, this is funny. I think one person probably fo- posted a funny picture and then everybody else just kind of followed suit. So they can um, see what each other is posting from their phones? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I had the, fr- the screen frozen. Right, so exactly. So they couldn't get in class yet. So anyway, the reflection went okay. Um they, we tried to keep it positive. They're really critical kids. But, um, so anyway, that's one of those moments that I, I, if I was a first year teacher, I would have lost my cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. I would have flipped out. But, um, you know what? I, I wrote down the, the definition of emotional intelligence and I put it in my office and it was, can I just share it with you? Please. 
Okay. <clears throat> the capability of individuals to recognize their own and other people's emotions, discern between different feelings, and label them appropriately. And so <clears throat> I think it's just really important to try to have perspective on what the kids are going through. Put yourself in their shoes. I think we've all, I mean, probably lost a director or even just transitioning to a new director as a singer. It's hard. Mm -hmm. You, It is hard. And so if you can put yourself in the kids' shoes, I think that's a good idea. Man, this is, this is a podcast that I really think... Uh, at least those couple stories are, are are stories that I think that every graduating senior should hear, you know, and they should have in their music ed toolbox because, you know, demonstrating emotional intelligence is something, I mean, I think it comes with, with age a little bit. Cause like you said, if you were 22 years old and you had that happened to you, you, you would have lost your, lost your cool. Um, but it's at least great for, for young people to know that there are other ways of handling situations that, I mean, I was shaking listening to you tell that story. <laughs> I mean, there yeah. are, you know, and I'm like in my 30s. So, <laughs> yes. so, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, man, if I had heard that story when I was 22, just getting into school, I think there's a lot of conflict that I wouldn't have ever had to worry about. Because I knew it, because I would know it wasn't me. Yeah, that's the, that's such a key thing, Ryan. It's mm -hmm. it's not you. Now you do have to do your own self reflection as a conductor and an educator, and make sure you're serving the kids. But sure. um, most of it, it's it's not you. And um, I did receive three letters from seniors. Uh, apologizing. This was at the end of the year. We just finished mm -hmm. school last week, okay. and uh, I received three letters from seniors apologizing for their behavior and the behavior of their peers. And, um, I think that is the absolute utmost, um, goal as an educator is to allow them to come to those conclusions themselves, mm -hmm. because I could have yelled at them. I could have taken off points for their attitude or for not sitting on the edge of their chair or all of those things. And that wouldn't have done any good. Yeah. They still would have been feeling pain about their previous director and all it would would just add, you know, a, a, a reason for them to dislike me. Right. <laughs> and um, I, I never gave them that. Uh, I gave them my very best musically and I, I tried to, again, model respect for them always. And so those, I think those senior letters, it was a good moment for me as a teacher because they came to the conclusion themselves about their behavior and were able to self-reflect themselves that what they did wasn't appropriate. And I think that's a win. Wow. I, this is, you're blowing my mind here. This is, I mean, this is really good stuff. I, I hope that you get a chance to present on this topic somewhere. Are you doing any... I type of presenting you know what, you're my, people have been telling me this all year like Beth you know because I've of course vented to my friends like oh my gosh these kids you won't believe what happened you know mm -hmm. but that's different than what I do in my classroom and how I you know conduct myself and my my colleagues have said you really should present on this at like you know K KMEA Kansas Music I think Education. you should I really do think you should because I think it's, it's also cross-disciplinary as well because it could be it could be the band director. It could be the orchestra director. It could be. Oh, a, yeah. It could be a coach. It could right. be, and you know, anything where, any sort of quote unquote team sport where, where you have a long term multi multi year 
leader that's a, that's on faculty. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a this is a huge. I mean, this this is really cross disciplinary all the way up into the corporate world when you're the CEO taking over after another CEO. I mean, sure. If you ever get yeah, tired of making, and, you know, $35,000 a year, you should uh, go into corporate training because yeah, they nothing. could use you. <laughs> well, you know, a lot the big buzzword now in education is uh, trauma sensitive schools mm-hmm. and they see it. I don't know if you've had any experience with that with your educate with your uh, school, but um, like what is your kid's ACE score, which is adverse childhood experience? And oh, then how Lordy. do we, no. how do we, yeah, our school even did it and we, we're in an affluent area. Uh, it's, it's kind of a buzzword now. NPR did a big article on it where you can go take your ACE score and kind of find out like based upon your childhood and what you went through, like where you fall and then how do we educate people with different ACE scores? And so, um, you know, that's a big thing for this sounds like a BuzzFeed quiz, but I'm 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 but like I don't what does that mean? Like the sort of oppression you've grown up with? I mean what does that oh, mean? Like- so it, there are different things on your ACE score, like um, a, abuse or neglect or oh, I divorce see. Okay. or um, loss of a parent or, you know, and some kids have one thing that happens to them. And okay, some so this kids is like a chi- per child. This is not like yeah. a, a, it's not a community score. This is an individual no. score. Correct. I see. And so if you can better know what the kids in your classroom have gone through, hmm. you can better teach them. Well, I think I think that uh, we can link to that article on NPR for Choir Nation. Sure, I um, Choir Nation. If you go to choir dot ninja forward slash one oh nine, Beth's episode is going to be posted there along with the show notes, so we can put any relevant links um, that Beth thinks would be helpful for you, uh, for additional resources, Beth's contact information, things like that. We can, we can put that there, uh, in the show notes, uh, so that if you want to reach out to Beth, uh, if you want to check out some of the resources that she's mentioned, um, you know, if you want to ask Beth to speak at your next, uh, professional development thing, I, I think this is, this is insanely important and, I wish I could hop in my time machine and listen to this, you know, a couple of years ago. I think this is a really important, this is a really important conversation to have. Thanks. Um, Beth, is there anything else that you'd like to say to Choir Nation before we head out? You know, I think just to, um, just to say that we did have a really successful year. Mm-hmm. despite our, uh, you know, struggles sometimes with rehearsal, uh, and everybody buying in, uh, we had a really successful year and enrollment has stayed level and, um, really excited about that. And one thing, the, uh, you know, the seniors leave a week earlier than the other students, mm-hmm. like they graduate and yet you still have your underclassmen and we all got in a circle and corral and there are about 40 kids left and we got in a circle and talked and, um, it was such a different vibe talking with those freshmen through juniors and, and allowing them to dream about what next year looks like and allowing them to say, you know what, I want to see this differently and I want to, I want to do this. And I was able to share some of my dreams for the program with them. And, um, two boys that had not signed back up for corral, uh, after we had sat in that circle said, Mr. Ritchie, I think I'm going to go down the counseling office and change my schedule back to choir. Wow. And I'm like, I just said, I'm so glad that you're doing that. And, um, so again, don't, 
I would say to those new teachers, don't take kids not coming back uh, personally. Again, they could have had the the biggest connection with that teacher. And that was like kind of the reason they were there. They didn't love singing that much, but loved the teacher. Sure. And that's okay. They can go do something else. It really is okay. And and don't, don't take that personally because you're going to make new connections with kids. And um, my administrator said to me uh, uh, outside of the interview, after we were reflecting on the day of the Padlet, um, you know, she's reminded me of the conversation we had and said, Beth, we hired you for 20 years. We want you here for the long haul. Invest in your freshman through juniors and it's going to pay off. And it has. That's wonderful. Well, Beth, thank you. It is, it has been a pleasure uh, to have you on the podcast. Um, and of course, thank you to sightreadingfactory.com, which I do hear that you use every day in your classroom. We do every single day. Sight Reading Factory has, um, in fact, they were using it. I was using it before and they were using it um, before me. And so we have just kept it going and it's it's an incredible tool. Great. Do you use, do you use the student account feature? I do. Yeah. I allow the kids to um, purchase it. It's like two dollars a right. student it's, account yeah it's really cheap so like at the beginning of the year i put it on their syllabus like hey i'm bringing in 10 bucks for a choir t-shirt if you want to this is totally optional but they can pitch in their two bucks and i get them an account so that's, that's a great way to, to, to raise the funds for that yeah i mean if it's two dollars per person once you get to a certain number of, of people that price goes all the way down to two dollars per student yeah um, and of course if you want to try out that student feature choir nation you can just do that for free with the promo code Ninja. Uh, and at the time that we're recording this, sightreadingfactory.com is like 35 bucks a year. It's like the cheapest thing ever. And I keep yes. telling Don and Adam, raise the prices. I said, I'm going to buy in as an investor. And then what yeah. we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to 10x what it costs to be a part of Sight Reading Factory, okay? So Choir Nation, just be careful because I may just buy into Sight Reading Factory and <laughs> jack up all the prices on you. Okay, so because I, it's, it's worth so much more than $35 a year. Um, I'm just kidding. It's not going to happen, so don't worry. Um, <laughs> but, but seriously, get on over there and do it. Uh, take the summer to figure it out and uh, you know, send your Allstate kids, your, uh, the wannabe Allstate kids, home with those 10 free Sight Reading you know, Factory accounts, and then you can... Uh, you know, you can give them a, a, an advantage really over their competition by having them, you know, make a game out of it over the summer. And of course I have to thank mymusicfolders.com, John and Robin Rose, uh, up in, up in M Missoula, Montana. This is a, this is a very American business. Um, um, mymusicfolders.com. And, uh, they are offering a deep discount. Um, they are the coolest people in the world. So do you guys use choir folders over there? We don't, but we all, we have to start. You're gonna have to. You're <laughs> gonna have to now. Yeah. Well, we are developing the ultimate choir ninja folder with John and Robin, and we're using our patron group to tweak the features for that folder. So, like, nice. it's like the it's gonna be the Iron Man of folders. So, if you need a Kleenex holder, you know, maybe you don't. If you're maybe in a church <laughs> choir, you need like a yeah. Kleenex and a Rolaids, uh, uh, you know, holder. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, we're gonna have uh, special features that the Choir Nation patrons uh, actually design on the folder, and then John and Robin are actually gonna make it and and sell it through mymusicfolders.com. Cool. But use the promo code in the meantime. Um, join us over on Facebook. 
of course, uh, the Choir Nation Facebook group. And if you are a patron, a patron on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash choir ninja, you can be in the patron group, which basically helps me produce the show, request guests, request topics. And that is actually where Beth came from. You actually came as a, uh, this topic was a request and you were this godsend that, that reached out to me and said, I can do this. Um, and I don't even think you knew that was a request, but that was like in my log, <laughs> that was in my log of requests. Um, cause I have a long time patron of the podcast that said, help Ryan, I'm starting a new program next year, uh, starting in a new program with a great, uh, I'm taking over from a great teacher and that scares me. So, so there you are, you were flapping your angel wings coming <laughs> down. Uh, and, and saving the day. So I can't wait to share this with her. So uh, Beth, thank you so much. Beth Ritchie Sullivan, um, choir.ninja forward slash 109. And you can find her contact information and the things that we talked about. So thank you, Beth. Thank you, Ryan. And have a wonderful day. And Choir Nation, I'll see you on Friday. Choir Ninja Show. Wa-bung-bung.